I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. Hey, Mr. Binks, you know how this is your second home. Well, I think it's so important to give dogs a second chance. And that's why I'm excited that we're jumping on Zoom now to talk to the journalist extraordinaire, Mickey McMonagall, about his dogs and particularly about his Spanish hounds, otherwise known as Pondencos. Hey, Mickey. Hello, Anna, how you doing? Really good, thanks. Thanks so much for jumping on Zoom to have this chat today. Absolute pleasure, as always. Um, I always enjoy our very lengthy chats. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, we've had a few over the years. Yeah, we have, yeah. <laughs> What's quite funny is, you know, our lives have kind of run in parallel for some time. Mm-hmm. And then we've had our phases where, like, what happens, you know, we kind of go apart. And then serendipity, mainly yeah. dogs, will bring mm. us back together again. Yeah. Yeah, it's not serendipity, it's bloody dogs. <laughs> yeah, every dogs every time. You're right. Because, um, yeah, because we first met way, way back before you were mm. really writing about dogs so much. Um, yes. And you, yeah, because you were the editor of Music Mag, weren't you, called M8. Very yes, Scottish, that's right. You are very Scottish, which um, I love. And your voice is so Scottish. I love well, it. I'm Irish. Oh, gosh, that's totally confused <laughs> me, has it? I mean, I am Irish. Go. But to be fair, I've lived in Glasgow for 24. 26 years so my accent is very muddled so a lot of people including my wife who thinks she got scammed when she thought she was marrying an Irish guy a lot of people do say that my accent sounds more Scottish than Irish these days yeah it's an interesting twang though to your voice but um it's <laughs> an interesting twang <laughs> that's the best <laughs> nice burn I've ever had <laughs> although it's you yeah, because I can hear the so anyway we digress and then yes we were really in touch a lot when you basically launched what I reckon was the first dog column in a national big newspaper i.e the Sunday Mail yes so, yeah, so I, I edited a dance music magazine here for eight, nine years and then moved to a day record in Sunday Mail where I was magazine editor. And there it was at the point where everyone was starting to blog. And I had the idea of doing a dog blog as my then two dogs, Fox and Sydney, the Spaniels. One was a sprocker, one was a cocker. And the idea was to write as them about their adventures and what they get up to each week. And of course, as you say, that's how you and I first really connected. We'd, we'd kind of had dealings when I was at M8, Mag, but this was when we really, really got closely involved and started talking to each other weekly, at least. And as you say, I think it was quite a groundbreaking idea at that point, and it did so well. I mean, the, the, the boys became actual celebrities. Like, every time we went to the park, they got recognised. People would be like, is that Fox and Sydney from the Sunday Mail? <sighs> want their pictures taken with them. They opened up dog, Dogs Trust Fun Days near here um, where they had like ropes of sausages for them to bite through and stuff. I think it was 350 people turned up to see them at Dogs Trust one day. They started sponsored walks for people. I mean, they, they properly became celebrity dogs. It was brilliant. 
And what I loved about it was, you know, so it's kind of, I think, similar age. You're, I'm sure you're younger, but you were absolutely passionate about your dogs, you know. Mm. Oh, yeah. And this it, this was 2004, I should think, to be honest, 2005. Before yeah, I think so. The, the massive wave of dogness I, that came over <laughs> from America in around about 2005. Yeah. So I remember it was your wife that was desperate to get a chihuahua. Do you remember? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it was like a chihuahua, Mickey, you know, really? Because you're a big bloke, aren't you, you know? And it's, <laughs> not, not, not hugely, but... I mean, not, but no, I don't mean, like, porky, I mean... No, I'm not, I'm really small. <laughs> I'm like five foot six. Oh, I thought you were taller than that. You looked taller but, in pictures. Well, thank you, but no, I just surround myself with small people. I deliberately married a very small <laughs> like woman. chihuahuas. That, yeah, look, that's why I've got chihuahuas. Look... Real men love gay dogs. It's as simple as that. Well, look I'm at Mickey Rourke. Happy to walk my chihuahuas. Mickey Rourke is the classic example of exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but- oh, do you remember the John- Jonathan Ross episode when Mickey was on as a guest and um, he'd obviously flown over from America? Sorry, that's prudence. Bear with me. That's cranky. okay. Listen, you're going to get barking in the background here as well. Don't worry about it. Oh, don't worry. No, she's just part got of this. The fun this lovely chew and she likes on purpose to drop it on my wood floor to make as much you know, it's, it's totally planned yeah, yeah ignoring me woman yeah exactly exactly do so you do you remember i don't know if you saw the episode and loki yeah, yeah. rock's favorite chihuahua passed away while he was flying over here and the whole episode was dedicated to loki oh, wow. in the in the credits and jonathan and mickey rock were both in tears and oh. You know, it said a lot. That was a long time ago now that, that obviously he's not on the BBC One anymore. But Yeah, um, yeah. They're, they're amazing little dogs. They, I they mean, are, I, aren't they? I know you're a fan as well. Tell us about, you know, your experience of Chihuahuas. Okay, so <laughs> it's, it's quite extensive. So <laughs> um, our friend who, um, she's a behaviourist here in Scotland, Vivian Silverstein, who would actually be a really good guest for your blog. She's mm. a fascinating woman who's, um, a dog behaviorist, a horse behaviorist. Um, she's just, she's brilliant. And she's also a Chihuahua breeder. She just fell in love with the breed and started breeding them. Um, and very strict about who she sells to and things. Uh, she shows them. She, she's brilliant. But she'd helped us with some behavior stuff with the Spaniels, namely trying to get them to walk, not drag us about on the lead. So we got to know her through that and met her chihuahuas, fell in love with one of her chihuahuas called Sabrina because she was a bit of a bully and put our boys in their place. And she was just this tiny little dog with such a big attitude and personality. So we wanted a Sabrina puppy. So um, along came our tiger, Lily. She was the Sabrina's first litter. She was the one that came out and we were just like, yep, that's our dog. And uh, just bonded with her instantly. Uh, we've got pictures of us with her when she was like three days old and stuff. Um, we brought her home and we got exactly what we asked for. We got a mini Sabrina. She's the queen of the house in every way. I mean, we until we lost Sydney last year, we had six dogs. Um, and Tiger absolutely rules the roost. We look after all our friends' dogs as well. Like if anyone's going on holiday, we won't let them put them in kennels or whatever they come here. Um, and every dog that comes in the house, Tiger gives them a nip on the nose on the way in the door. If they accept that and accept that she's in charge, then they're fine. If they don't, then Tiger will go at them constantly until we do. But yeah, she's the most incredible dog. She's just amazing. Oh. She walks on Deborah's heel, wherever you are. Like she just is right behind you. 
She's just, she's an amazing dog. She's so full of personality. She's just, she was our way into Chihuahuas and, and she's just unbelievable. She's the biggest personality you could ever hope to meet. I love them, you see. Didn't you once have one that was called Piglet? No, no, that was, um, <laughs> Deborah, <laughs> Sydney the Cocker Spaniel had a huge snout. So Deborah used to call him Piglet. Oh, okay. um, that was one of his nicknames like you I'm sure all of our dogs have got about 20 names each oh, so, I know I'm glad you have that as well people yeah. think I remember a couple of dog trainer people um, said to me with Molly my first miniature bull terrier mm. who had several names as well you know this isn't normal Anna I said, <laughs> I said Sue so how many names has Chester got mm. and the answer was one name, Anna. It's well, where's just, where's the fun in that? Well, exactly. That's that's what I say, you know. And actually, other people, like very experienced dog people, have nicknames, including Dave Wardell, this very famous uh, police dog handler that you'll know because of all the legislation and campaigning at the moment for Finn's Law Part Two. Um, yeah. Door, which Scotland actually introduced before England. But yeah, I know, in Chihuahuas, I think totally, um, you know, encapsulated. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. Well, you know, we've got three now. So, oh, um, gosh. Yeah, yes, yeah, so we've got three. So we have we had Tiger, and then Vivian, the breeder, had a, had one called Bambi, who I was absolutely in love with. Bambi wasn't that keen on that many people, but she loved me. So Vivian decided to breed from Bambi, because I kept asking her, could I have Bambi, please? So she decided she would breed from Bambi and give us a puppy as a wedding present when we got married eight years ago. So... That was how little Evisa came along. We got married in Ibiza. So Viv gave us a puppy, amazingly of her, from Bambi um, as a wedding gift. And we called the puppy Evisa, which is obviously Ibiza in Spanish. Um, and then I still wanted Bambi. So <laughs> um, every few months I would ask Viv, how's Bambi getting on? You know, have you got too many dogs? Do you want me to, do you want us to take her off your hands? And it basically just begged her to give me her dog or sell me her dog or something. So then eventually Bambi was getting on a bit and the house was busy and noisy and so on. So eventually um, I managed to get my way and we got Bambi as well. So now we have Tiger, we have a visa and we have a visa's mum Bambi along with our two pedinkles. Yes, gosh, it's quite a household you've got there. But tell yeah. us about the, the Pondencos, okay? Because that's a big area for you. And it is. You, you do a lot of campaigning and rescue work for these dogs that are mm, basically yeah. Spanish hounds. That's exactly it, yeah. So Pedenco means hound. So um, they are descended from the um, Egyptian pharaoh hounds. So the idea is that they, when the Egyptians sailed the world, they brought the hounds with them. They landed in Ibiza, and that is how the Pedenco came to Spain. So the original one is the Pedenco Ibithenco, which is the Ibithan hound. And uh, they then made their way to mainland Spain and were interbred in different regions, as always happens, to, for whatever that region needed. So there's Andalusian ones, there's Mineto, there's Areto, um, there's loads. But um, we have Sabueso, who is uh, a Pedenco Ibithenco, and he's, he's basically the size of a horse. And um, we have Zorro, who's a Pedenco Andalus, an Andalusian hound. Um, he's a bit smaller, but still has the kind of classic green eyes and pink nose and stuff. Um, mm. And they're just amazing dogs. But Anna, it's horrendous how they're treated in Spain. Now, I'm not for a second saying everyone in Spain hates animals. However, there's a cultural issue there where um, there's a hunting culture. And sadly, Pedencos and Galgos are used for hunting. Um, for hunting rabbits and what have you 
and there's a short hunting season. So they breed these, these poor dogs. Um, they, it's, it's quite hard to talk about, to be honest. Um, mm, no, I, I know. I, I, you hear stories but, of yeah, them being people, hanged, people need to know, don't you? People need to know, because we, we've gone to a sanctuary over there and seen some of the dogs, and it's horrendous. Um, so they, they breed the dogs year on year, breed loads of puppies, and then they start trying them on hunt training. The ones that, that aren't doing well, they either break their legs and leave them in the woods, or they'll, they tie them to a tree and hang them, uh, or because basically they feel they're not worth a bullet, and they're not worth the cost of a bullet, so instead they kill them horrendously, or they will break a bottle and stab their spine and leave them in the woods, and just leave them to starve. Um, even the ones that they do hunt with, they keep them in horrendous conditions, chained up in concrete or locked in trailers all day in the blazing sun, and they starve them so that they're hungry and they'll hunt better. Um, it's horrendous. And then at the end of the season, rather than keep the dogs until the following season, they kill most of them. Now, there are good hunters, but there are horrendous ones. So everywhere you go in Spain, you see these poor dogs wandering around starving, and those mm. are pedinkles. What's the situation with bringing these dogs into the UK? You know, are there dedicated yeah. rescues? There are. I mean, these people, I, I cannot believe what they do. Um, the one that we rescued or adopted both our dogs from is Pedenko Friends. It's run by an amazing woman called Bev. She and her, her fiancé, Warren, who sadly passed away a year or so ago, had retired to Spain, bought themselves life savings, bought a lovely villa on the coast. And then one day this dog walked down their street, this starving, skinny, really bad conditioned dog. They fell in love with her. Her name was Tilly, and um, they took her in, and then they 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 looked into the story of Pedenkos and what was going on with them, and it changed their lives. So they gave up their their stunning retirement life. They they rented a finca in the middle of nowhere with lots of land out in the campo, and they rented out their villa to fund running this rescue. Wow. And, they ended up with like a hundred pedinkos and they now adopt them all over the world. They adopt them to the UK, to America, to Canada. They're the most incredible people, or sorry, Warren was the most incredible person. Bev is just, she's an inspiration in every way. So we actually, when we were going to rescue Zorro, it was when our, our sprocker Fox died. And then bizarrely, it turned out that Zorro, which means Fox in Spanish, we found Zorro and he was born the day that Fox died. Wow. So Deborah always felt that was really serendipitous because her and Fox had this incredible bond and her and Zorro now have the same bond, which is lovely. Mm. But we wanted it. We didn't want Zorro to come all the way to the UK and meet us for the first time as strangers. So we flew over to the rescue to stay for a couple of days and meet him. And it was the best couple of days of our lives in this amazing finca in the middle of nowhere with like 100 pedenkos jumping all over us. It was just oh, oh, paradise. Gosh, I bet you go there every year, do you, Mickey? Well, I mean, yeah, we, we, we've become really close friends with Bev and um, we want to go over there and, and help for a, a week this summer. That So that that's very much in the plans. But they're, they're, they're just incredible. And um, they take care of everything, basically. So people think it's difficult or expensive to do this. And it's not at all. You don't have to go over, of course. We just did that. Most people don't. No, but I think, Nikki, you did the right thing to do that. I, I yeah. worry that people haven't met the dog before it arrives. Yeah. I think yeah. it is important. I really do. It's just not really practical a lot for the rescue or for the people, though. And it's very expensive. So, um, I mean, 
generally they don't do that. We didn't do it with our second one, and he was absolutely fine. So it is it is totally cool. And basically, if you trust the rescue, which we do, of course, with Bev, they match the dog to your needs. Yes, he did that brilliantly for us. And that's great if you can, as you say, trust them and they, you know, then yeah. that's perfect. But you do hear some situations where all this does oh, go a course. bit wrong. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, Not always, but... but yeah, sadly, I, th- I mean, I hear that story a lot with Romanian rescues. Um, yes. Which, you know, I'm not saying they're all that way, but please do your research. It's the same as anything else to do with dogs. Don't just blindly pick a dog because it looks nice. Please do your research. Like Pedenkles, for example, they're not an easy dog. They're not a good first dog, but... There's no dog quite like them. They're, They're so, so stunning, aren't they, Mickey? Yeah, Describe they are. one. If you look at Sabueso, the, the Perinco Bethenko, who's who's snoring quietly behind me, he's he's you know, he's enormous. He's he looks <laughs> he looks like the classic feral hound, but he's bigger. Um he's big even by the breed standard. And he rarely is a chocolate brown colour with white flashes, and he's got the star of Anubis on his forehead, as they all do, the Anubis kiss. Um and they're just stunning, stunning dogs with, you know, the big ears. When you see them out in the park and they do their hunt, you know, obviously we don't encourage any kind of hunting. And he was never hunt trained because he was found in a bin when he was 10 days old, tied up in a plastic bag. Oh, no. Um, I know. I know. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> but again, Bev rescued him, as she does with so many. Uh, yeah. So, they're gorgeous dogs. I mean, they're very they're elegant, aren't they? They are. Absolutely incredible. So graceful, but so goofy as well. It's really funny. But they've got real soul in their eyes. You look in their eyes and it's like there's a real connection, a real humanity there. Yeah, and it's just those huge pointy ears. I yeah, just the ears love are them. The ears are, are just amazing. But yeah, and they're like um, the dogs that were on the Egyptian, in the Egyptian tombs and pyramids. Yeah, exactly. They? The, the feral hunt. They're that old, you know. They in- really look like that. Yeah, they really look like that. You can, I mean, if you put them side by side, it's hard to tell them apart. Yeah, um, yeah. But as you say, we know we now work very closely with Pedenko Friends. Um and anyone who is interested in knowing more or um and potentially looking at adopting one, feel free to get in touch. Um anything we can do to help these dogs, we're happy to do. Um we can do home checks, we can, you know, we work very closely with Bev and they're they're just the most amazing dogs and I really love educating people about them and about the plight they're suffering. And if you do want to help, you don't have to adopt a dog. You know, you can just donate a tenner. That makes all the difference because, you know, Bev's on her own in the middle of nowhere in Spain with all these dogs that she's, I mean, obviously COVID has had a massive impact on fundraising and also on being able to adopt dogs out. So she's been stuck with all these dogs for a long time. That has changed now. And legally and things, it's fine to um, have dogs brought over from Spain again. The charity organise everything. So they organise the pet passport, all the jabs, and they organise the transport and delivery to your door. So it's an easy process. It's not that expensive and it's worth every penny. But if anyone wants to know more, please get in touch. I'd love to help in any way. And... um, uh, please donate if you can. You know. Well, we will. What we'll do, Mickey, we'll have all of these links in the show notes. So um, we'll have all of that websites and links so people can get in touch with you um, or go directly cool. to Bev, you know, and mention okay, the podcast. But what's interesting is you're fusing your work career now, as mm. ever, with dogs, yeah. which I love. And you've recently launched your own firm called Dirt Coms. Yes. 
I mean, what a great name. <laughs> well, my nickname since I was 17 was the Dirty Wee Man for reasons we won't go into. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know there might be children <laughs> listening. Yeah, but and you've got this. Am I right? Is is rum made in Wales, Mickey? Yes. So, well, this rum is. Um, so <laughs> Devil's Com. So I launched Dirt Coms back in um, September my own PR, um, media and communications company. And um, it's been phenomenally successful. I, I'm lucky enough to work with Pedenko Friends and a couple other animal initiatives. But um, one of my, my really cool clients is Devil's Bread's Rum. So it's based on the tale on a Welsh fable um, of the Devil's Bridge, where a Welsh woman um, was stranded from her cow by a, an overflowed river. So she couldn't get across to get her cow. The devil appeared and said, I'll build you a bridge, but in return, I want the soul of the first living uh, being to cross the bridge, meaning her. <gasps> she said, fine. Um, so she came back the next day, the bridge was there. She threw a piece of Welsh bread, barra breath, across the bridge, and her little dog ran across and got the bread. Therefore, the devil would have had to take the dog's soul, and in a fit of rage, he vanished. So for me, the dog is the hero of that story, because he it was the dog really who tricked the devil. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So the the rum brand, they make the rum in Wales using all uh, Welsh flavourings like Barra Breath, like Glengetty Black Tea, and uh, Shergar Butter, which is Carmarthenshire Butter. And they really love the whole dog angle you know their branding has got the little dog on everything and stuff so they also are dog lovers that everyone there has a dog everyone loves their dogs it's just really brilliant people to work with so i came up with this idea of do you know what let's try and help real life dogs in honor of our devil's bridge dogs so we teamed up with a charity called animal rescue kimry who do amazing work um again it's just a little home run operation by this this brilliant woman yvonne and a team of volunteers so we found them as kind of the nearest small independent rescue to the, the the bridge because I didn't want to go with one of the big charities, you know, much as they're great, our support would be a drop in the ocean to them. Whereas with a smaller one, you know, you, you feel you can really make a difference to them, that, that a bit of sponsorship will actually genuinely help dogs massively. Yeah. So Devil's Bridge Rum now sponsor a kennel at Animal Rescue Kimry and pay for all upkeep of whatever dog is in that kennel. And we have a section on the website called The Kennel, and they, we have our current resident in that, which at the moment is a dog called Cassie, because the first one, Kaiser, was rehomed within days. And um, people can donate for their support. People can find information about adopting them, whatever they want. And this is something that we hope to roll out across Wales and then eventually across the UK, whereas <laughs> as, our, as our rum brand grows, so will our work with dog charities and we can hopefully help more and more devil's bridge rum dogs all over the uk i love it and it's so independent like a bit like the rum you know and it's mm. british and i think that's really important or welsh but yeah. you know kind of almost the same yeah. and it's independent firms helping independent firms because you're right because so many independent charities have had to close in the last you know year because of covid funds have been so impossible and mm -hmm. it's been so restrictive the, all the lockdowns you know to get dogs from a to b and get yeah, people yeah. in to look at dogs it's really been um a dreadful so i think every little helps exactly. and and that's kind of great because from little acorns do big oak trees grow Oh, isn't it, Mickey? That's it, exactly. And that's exactly the stage we're at. We're at the acorn stage, but we have huge plans and we're going to be a 
beg tree. <laughs> yeah, and now that we're all allowed out, you know, to yes. socialise, might be a great, great feature at um, one of the upcoming dog events, Mickey, maybe, you know. That's a great um, idea, yeah. Yeah, you know, come up with a good doggy name cocktail, you know. Yes, like um, a dog tail. <laughs> well, yeah, a dog tail, absolutely. So all of your dogs are in good health at the moment. I was so sad when, you know, I learned that both Fox and Sydney, you know, had passed because I yeah, felt yeah. that was the beginning of our friendship as well. Yes, and- exactly, exactly. I mean, Fox, as you know, Fox, we lost a, a few years ago now. Poor boy had Addison's, then he had autoimmune disorder, and then he got cancer. So he didn't even make 10. Gosh. Sydney lasted till he was 14. Sydney, um, we just lost him last year because he was having seizures. But he, up until his very last day, it was only on his last day, his tail stopped wagging. We had him on CBD oil, which really helped him, um, helped calm him down because he was going blind and deaf and was anxious. So again, CBD is something that I, I genuinely recommend people look into. I was lucky enough to know someone who makes organic, really pure CBD. Well, in that, the UK, Mickey. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Mm. And that really helped Sydney. Um, so again, if anyone needed any inf- information on that, I'd be happy to help. Yeah, no, I, I'm really keen on the CBD. There's it um, really works, several, Anna. I mean, yeah, I, again, it's all about the processing. And I think, you yeah. know, some brands perhaps are better than others. So you do need to research the product, yeah. but there it's are high. now Hopefully more. Agree. Exactly, more brands that are UK based because it yeah. was in America that it all took off yes. a couple of years ago. And it's obviously costly and, you know, not very environmentally friendly to bring things over from the States. Exactly. When yeah. You can get it here, you know. And you don't know what's in it either. Whereas this is a, literally a friend who makes it as a little home operation. So, oh, interesting. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. In terms of the other dogs, so they're all in good health except for Tiger. So, Tiger Lily, um, the Queen of the Chihuahuas, she. Um, developed autoimmune disease quite a long time ago, nine years ago, which we were actually really concerned because both her and Fox had the same thing, but presenting with different symptoms. But so we were worried it was the house or radiation or, you know, God knows, but our vet assured us it was just bad luck. Um, Mm -hmm. So Tiger's been on steroids for nine years. So she's obviously overweight because, you know, she thinks she's starving all the time and she's recently developed diabetes. So we thought it was going to be the end, sadly. But um, our vets are incredible. Our vets are just amazing. The Avenues Vets in Glasgow. Um, and they have, you know, looked after our dogs as their own since day one. We've been with them the entire lives of all our dogs. And they love Tiger. Um, Nicola, the, 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 the wife of the partnership, absolutely adores her. So we took her thinking we were going to have to get her put to sleep. And Nicola said no. I love this dog. She's a great wee dog. I want to give her a chance. So she actually took her home for three days with her and um, saved her again. So Tiger is now doing great. Um, the vets are monitoring her really closely and um, she's responding really well to medication and touch wood. She's looking pretty good. So fingers crossed uh, the fat rat will be around for a, a good while longer. Fat rat. <laughs> fat rat is one of her names. She likes jumping off the bed onto Sibwaisel's big bed. So we call her the flying pig when she does that too. <laughs> All these harsh names because she's a bit on the chubby side. Oh, bless her. Gosh. Well, you know, that's the thing with steroids. Um, they they, they do that. You know, they make yeah. you blow up. But, um, but she, I do hope she recovers. You know, you. Um, it's so tragic, but it's kind of, you know, the wheel of life, I guess, has to keep turning. And, you know, the sad fact is dogs just don't live long enough. Right, Mickey? That's it. Sadly. But you know what? It's, it's worth every second of having them. And, you know, our final responsibility 
to, to the dogs have given us so much love and so much happiness is to not be selfish at that moment, to make the decision for them and not us. And the most important thing, to be there at the moment when they have to say goodbye, because um, it's another thing that our vets have told us that, that you know dogs do look for their owners at that moment. So you have to be with your dog. That's one thing I would say to anyone. When it comes time, sadly, for your dog to be put to sleep, please be there and look in your dog's eyes and be there with them at that moment. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm so, I mean, I'm lucky in a way I haven't had to do that yet. You know, uh, Molly died naturally in my arms. Which is the dream. Oh, God, it is the dream. I was lucky. How you want it to happen. I know. I was lucky, very lucky on that, you know, but, you know, whether that will be the case again, you know, who knows, yeah. you know, and you, you're reminded, aren't you really, Mickey, that you've got to enjoy every day, That's it, you know, yeah. not only for your dog, but for your own well-being, you've got to maximise everything. I think, yeah. so, and I think lockdowns potentially helped us realise that, remember that a bit more, because you get yeah. so, you know, embroiled in emails coming in and the, you know, and things mm-hmm. happening around you that you just forget, don't you really? Like yeah, what's important sometimes. Absolutely. Although, I mean, I remember talking to you about this, God, 15 years ago or something and how the most amazing thing for me, if I was had a horrible stressy day at work, was coming home and taking the dogs out for a walk because within five minutes of seeing those, those little waggy tails out in front of you in the woods, you're, you've forgotten what you were worried about and you're happy and you're smiling. Yes. And that's what dogs give us. They're, they're, they're the most amazing companions, friends, children for us. You know, we don't have kids. Our dogs are our kids. And I've been lucky enough to, to find Deborah, who is as crazy about dogs as I am. So we're, we are the, the mental dog couple. Um, so, yeah, our, our dogs are everything to us. And they give us so much more than, 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 than we give them. And oh, they uh, we're do. grateful for it every day. But listen, Mickey, oh, well, will you come back and keep us posted on the Pendango front? Yeah, I would absolutely love to. And if anyone wants any help, advice or information on those dogs, please get in touch. They will. I'm sure you're going to get lots of emails. And um, thanks again, Mickey. And look after little Tiger Lily, won't you? I will. I will. All uh, right. All right, your love. Thank you for having me, Anna. Hey, Miss Binks. That's our show. What did you think? Yes, I totally agree. Everything that Mickey does for dogs is fantastic. What's that? You're right. It's time for Woof of the Week. (coughs) Giving dogs a second chance makes us more humane in our human-shaped worlds. (coughs) And I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please rate and review the show wherever you catch your podcasts. It really helps other dog lovers find us. Thanks hugely to Mickey McMonagall for joining us today. Links to all the rescues he's involved with and his special projects will all be in the show notes. Thanks also to my very patient producer, Mike Hansen. You can find out more about Pod People Productions at Pod People UK. And for a bit more about me, I'm at Anna Webb Dogs. Or you can have a quick snoop around my website, annaweb.co.uk. What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, we will be back in your feed next Sunday. So why don't you subscribe for free now? Then you'll never miss another show. Bye for now.
ball.